Welcome, everyone. My guest today is lead analyst Logan Motoshami to talk about the jobs report and what the Fed should do next to help housing. Logan, welcome back to the podcast. USA, USA, youth. As you can imagine, I'm very excited today. Um, you are very excited, but why? Tell uh, us why. We are now going to declare war on the Federal Reserve for over hiking, for allowing mortgage rates to get way too high, for putting the existing home sales market into the biggest crash in sales ever and keeping it there, and for producing a COVID-19 economic housing policy to keep people in their homes and not basically structuring living because of some fear of 1970s that was unfounded unsubstantiated. It was a global pandemic. It looks like a global pandemic inflation data. It looks like a global pandemic disinflation data. You panicked one year ago at this time. And you kept raising rates. The last one and a half percent rate hikes didn't need to happen. The economic data would have looked the same. So we forgive you, but it's time to turn, right? That war, whatever war you thought you were fighting is over. We are sitting here today. This is Jobs Friday. The 10-year yield went up today after the labor report. I think it's 4.23%. But we were told that we don't want entrenched inflation. We were told, Larry Summers, Jason Furman, we needed massive unemployment rates to bring down the growth rate of inflation. We were told by Jerome Powell that we needed pain in the labor market. And we sit here. 3.7% unemployment rate, job openings at 8.7 million, jobless claims 220,000 four-week moving average. If we go back to the previous decade, all those things would be unbelievably great numbers. And yet, you're still fighting a war that doesn't exist in your head. So I say, Sarah Wheeler, let's take the war to them. I don't mind the anti-central bank movement telling people you need to raise rates kill jobs, defeat inflation, whatever. That, that is a cult. That is an embarrassing, pathetic, dying old age men and women cult. Who cares? The Fed, though, on the other hand, does not need to join them now. We don't want you to land the plane anymore. We'll take it. So the Fed needs to change their tune Start talking about some pro-housing policies, maybe. You don't need to cut interest rates to zero or QE, whatever, but rates are still too high. Let's get this thing going. So you are, as you mentioned, it's Jobs Friday, and the the labor data has been key to your economic model and what you've said to the Fed all along um, for the last couple of years, especially in the last year, when you look at the, are we going to have a recession? Is it going to be a harder soft landing? When does the Fed pivot? It all comes back in your mind to the labor data. So what was it about the labor data today that made you go, see, I was right? This goes all the way going back to the COVID-19 recovery model. We're going to recover in 2020. Check. Right. The model was written on April 7th, 2020. Retire. You, you wrote yes. this model. Yes. Not, this is your not, model. Not, yes. not, the, not the Fed. But, but then it's the labor market after that. So number one, job openings are going to get to 10 million. That spooks the Fed because the Fed believes 
The labor market is so tight that wages have to accelerate out of control. Oh, wait, that's the 70. Wages have to accelerate out of control. The wage spiral theory didn't happen, right? We got the 12 million in job openings. Then it was, we're going to get all the jobs back lost to COVID, but that'll happen by September of 2022. Right on cue, check. But the fourth and final one that I get to retire today was that regardless of what happens, our jobs data is going to naturally slow, but we're going to get to between 157 to 159 million jobs before that happens into, into any kind of detrimental recessionary data t- data line type. So the makeup demand was designed to get up to over 157 million. We, we were there, but we're there with the unemployment rate at 3.7%. The Fed told us we could never bring the growth rate of inflation down unless the unemployment rate got to 4.5%. That was their model. They said this. That was a recession. It didn't happen. So while we are here with the growth rate of inflation falling, right? If we take the shorter term duration, we're, you know, with a two-handle on core PCE three to five months. The housing market has been disproportionately impacted in a negative way. So land a plane on that side. You don't have to be hawkish anymore, but for home sales to grow, you're going to need existing home sales to have lower rates and lower rates for duration. And now that the utter failure of your model right in front of you, right before Christmas, it's so beautiful. It was one year ago, to, last year, we were talking about who spiked the Fed's eggnog. Change the game. Don't follow your the the anti central bank people want you to raise rates, create a recession, so they could rip on you guys all. Don't join them. Why? Why you want to join that crew? Let it. Let, let there. Some people are born on the wrong side. The mental capacity, especially after 1913. So you don't. Why, why do you want to be part of them? Change the two now. You've the battle was won a long time ago. The disinflation things are happening with a tight labor market. You don't need to continue this. But there is one sector of the economy that had the biggest crash in sales ever. And it's very hard for it to grow, especially with rates this high. Land the plane. Find a find a productive way to talk about housing now because that's the one sector. I, everything, everything else is, you know, retail sales are growing, car sales are growing, new home sales are growing because they're working. The existing home sales market can't, right? So we've got a little bit of growth now coming in where rates follow 6%. Mortgage rates six, five, six percent. You're not going to get unbelievable 1970s inflation like that anymore. So, San Francisco Fed staffers, Minnesota Fed staffers, which I know you're listening, change the game now. There's no need anymore. There's no need to be hawkish, right? And I think now that we're sitting here, you know, there's one more report, obviously, for the month of December. The growth rate of jobs are slowing down. The strike impacted this data line to a degree, but we haven't broken yet. You don't need to break the economy, right? Give the economy a fighting chance. Some people would already say it's too late, right? Eventually, we're going to have a job loss. Even if that's the case, you don't need to make it a big, bad job loss anyway, right? So we've entered a new stage. It's time for us to now declare war on the Fed. And I gave this all the way up to this point, right? All the way toward the end of, we're seeing the growth rate of inflation fall noticeably. We have some disinflation things coming in pipelines with uh, rents and used car prices. But hey, old and slow for a reason, but you don't have to be. You're choosing to do this. 
You don't have to be. Well, and we're at an inflection point with housing, right? I mean, it is it is a pain point for people, especially first-time home buyers, underserved borrowers. You know, we have very strict guidelines now for mortgages, so it's not like you're going to be, you know, putting anything at risk. But even people with good jobs, good FICO scores have an affordability problem right now because of the high rates combined with the high home prices. So if there's anything that can be done on the other side, that that is would be beneficial. Yeah, and, and this is not saying we need rates back to 3% or even 4%. But when we 7 to 8%, come on now. You know, where the growth rate of inflation is running at right now, where the Fed funds rate and where mortgage rates are, whoa. So you did it. You ran two years of being extremely hawkish. Now it's time to change. And there was a point in time where you might have thought it would have the 70s inflation, and I get it. But every data line has crossed against that model. So I understand the Fed is now, okay, we're done hiking rates, everything, but I don't trust this group of people, right? Because of their age. Call me ageist or whatever. I just think older people think about their legacy more. And some of them feel like we're going to get forever browning points for putting the US into a recession. So at this point, you have to now become more on the offensive, not on the defensive side. And then make sure the economy doesn't go into a recession, right? And one of the things that troubled me, what Powell said in one of the pressers, he's like, well, something could happen that's again, that's not in our control. Oh, yes, it's in, it could be in your control. If you're waiting for a banking credit crisis, that's all on you. You have the tools to do anything you want to change the game. You're choosing not to do it now. So we ran this the full year, the year that we're supposed to go into recession, jobless claims never broke. We don't want jobless claims to break and then go, oh my, I think now we're going to be more. Change the game, change the tune, give the economy a better fighting chance. So in your mind, when you say, you know, give it back to us, we don't want you to land the plane, give it to us. That just means like let market forces decide. And what does that mean? I'm, I'm saying don't, you don't have to talk hawkish anymore. Talk more dovish. You don't really have to, you don't really have to do quantitative tightening in a more aggressive fashion, you know, to, to, to just get yields down to a three handle, right? And, and I, I still have my Gandalf line at 3.37, right? Um, but with their spreads being as bad as they are and where mortgage rates are, no, this is way too hawkish at this stage. Honey, that game is over. You gotta, you either need to change you know, change how you pitch the ball or we need to get a relief pitcher in. Goodbye, Jerome. Goodbye, Kashkari. Goodbye, all, you know. So that's what I'm saying. Let's let's just, let's move to the next stage of this cycle because now that we're in December, obviously uh, a lot of things didn't materialize like people thought they would. Okay, so let's talk about the 10-year yield. You said it went back up after we got the, the data why do you think that is? So we talked earlier this week that it's it's for it's for the best reason possible. The labor data was wasn't bad. So now, of course, we're not at five percent anymore, right? We're we're in the range we we should have always been in between three point two one to four and a quarter is where I thought the ten year yield should have been getting above four to quarter. No, just because the growth rate of inflation was falling. We've talked about this for twelve months. Like if you look out forward, like, where the growth rate of inflation was, there's no reason to really for the 10-year yield to be above four and a quarter. So in that sense, 
you know, uh, the 10 year old going up, but we're, we're still well, well away from 5%. More dovish talk. There's things the Federal Reserve can do, you know, to change the game. I don't think they're, they're that committed to do that yet, but you could start to throw crumbs, right? Mother economics, she's a serial killer. She wants to get caught. The Federal Reserve, you could be a serial killer too. Crumbs, but crumbs in a good way about thinking about the future. Because again, the existing home sales are basically where they were in the great le- uh, the levels of the great financial recession. No, nothing else is in there, right? It's just this sec- it just part. I mean, the new home sales are growing. New home sales are way higher than they were at the deep set. But the existing home sales market is the one marketplace that's a black eye right now. Find a way to change this. This is why I said the Fed needs to become a little bit more pro-housing at this point. I love it because we know that, um, you know, outside of the the greater economy, the housing sector has been in a recession for 18 months. You put housing in recession 18 months ago. Yeah. And this is and the housing. See, it's funny. The housing recession can be looked at in many different ways. Some people say you don't have a housing recession until prices fall. That's stock trader stuff, no, not economics. The housing recession can't happen until people lose their homes or foreclosures. No, that's an economic recession. To me, demand falling, jobs being lost, incomes being lost, that traditionally goes with a sector being in a recession, right? So demand collapsed, jobs were lost in housing, incomes fell, right? So we've stabilized in the existing home sales market around that 4 million level we've talked about. But we're not growing, right? So we had a very low level bounce when rates got and I tell you right now, Neil Kashkari February was saying, No, six percent mortgage rates. Oh my god, it makes our jobs harder. No, you should have been done then. So change the tune. And I I'm this is this is now this is basically now we we can go to war with the Fed now because Inflation didn't take off like the 70s, and mortgage rates are simply too high. So the one sector of the economy that's in a deep recessionary level still is the existing home sales market, right? We don't believe in this COVID-19 housing economic policy anymore. People have to live their lives. The old linger while the young suffer, Sarah Wheeler, right? Baby boomers, right? So We I, want this war. We, we do want a, a change here, especially because – as opposed to some other sectors. So say the the new car sector or even the used car sector got hit and is in a recession. That would be unfortunate, especially for the people in there. For us, it's like this is this is foundational to people's lives. Where they live, housing, you know, where the kids go to school, everything about it is related to housing and housing has been suffering. But but even the car sales are growing double digits year over year. New home sales are growing double digits year over year. You know, retail sales are growing. It's the existing home sales market because rates got way too high. Now, wage growth is slowing down. You know, uh, the real inflationary hit in terms of the economy is now rates, right? The growth rate of inflation is slowed down enough to get there. So I just I just don't want I, I don't I don't want to be right with the old and slow. Right, I don't want to sit there, and this is one of the reasons why I went on CNBC earlier this year and said, "Boy, the Fed doesn't want anything to happen until the labor market breaks." Right, you know, and they're they're again, when you study the Federal Reserve and how they talk, you could see what they're trying to do. They're get real restrictive, and then the labor market was going to break claims, and then they go, "Okay, now we don't want to even get to that point." Right, we don't need to get that, but um. The one sector that is being disproportionately impacted in a more negative way is the housing market, the existing home sales market. New home sales market, they're like, oh, yeah, hey, honey, we all got sub-6% rates. Come on over. 
while the Fed believes in their COVID-19 economic policy for housing, we could come get you, right? So, um, and again, this is not like cutting rates to zero or, you know, Q or whatever, just 7 to 8% what we did not need to be there. You get down to 5 to 6%, you could work and functionally and get things going and moving sales again and let's let's get this off the train. But we've, we've waited long enough now. So one of the really surprising things about this year about um, – mortgage rates going up is that housing prices did not fall like you would typically expect. If mortgage rates go up, you expect, okay, well, we're going to see a moderation in home prices. So the problem I see with this, you know, if we do get lower rates, isn't that just going to juice demand and and just have... It is not in the Fed's mandate to do that. I mean, uh, th- not to even care. The Fed is talking about price stability and the, and they force the existing home sale prices went out of control. It's not in their dual inflationary mandate. They did what they needed to do. They cut, uh, uh, they rate the rate, whatever the market raised rates, and everybody bond yields went up and everything. And that's the best you can do. You can't run an entire economy based on what existing home prices do, right? So I had no problem with. I mean, this is we were team higher rates in February of 2021. We were, you know, we need higher rates to put home sellers, builders, and investors on their ass in 2022, right? Three times. But now that's over with, okay? If, if I can move on from that, the Federal Reserve can, because the economy matters more, right? Um, there's over 157 million people working. The economy is this big economic flow of many different sectors. There's one sector that is still at depressed existing homes levels, right? Prices are, obviously, you could see what happened. We had a lack of sellers. We literally had 17 months of new listings data trending at the lowest levels ever. We do not have a functioning marketplace because rates went up too much too fast and they stayed higher. Now, it's to the Fed's fault that they didn't realize, well, we don't understand why people don't list their homes. Really? Come on. You know, the qualified mortgage doesn't even allow you to list your homes unless you qualify because most sellers are buyers, right? We really need just a one-hour session with all the Fed presidents and we we can teach them this, right? So. um Get somehow find a way to be a little bit more proactive. Talk down ball deals, get mortgage rates lower, get some sales growing, and then go with it. Right? If the recession happens, ten year yield is going to go lower by itself. It's going to do the work for the Fed. But let's not wait till we get to that spot. Let's be a little bit more proactive now. So you're not where I'm separate from the Fed as an affordability question. Um, just like you, you were like, oh, we need, we're going to need higher rates to to cool down home prices because that was one of the fears that you had looking at years 2020 to 2024 was that demand because of demographics was going to be so big that home prices could go out of control. And, and in fact, we broke your your home price model in two years uh, that you had for five years. So when you look at at 2024. And the possibility of lower rates and much lower, hopefully, than eight, right? So, say we're in, we're under six or we're we're in the low sixes. What do, what do you think that does to home prices? If everything stays the same, home prices are rising no matter what. If demand picks up and inventory is low, that's just the simple supply and economic. But we're not getting the fifteen to twenty percent increase. Like somebody like wrote this thing. Oh my God! If rates fall down, home prices no home prices aren't going out of control. They're not. That was a sub. Three and a quarter percent mortgage rates with active uh, inventory much lower than what we are here in the single family side. So again, the, the Fed's mandate is not about home prices; it's price stability 
and uh, keeping employment, uh, uh, maximum employment. So this is not a call for 3% mortgage rates or 4% mortgage rates. Just is just something lower, lower rates and duration to get something going on here. Um, you can't make a general policy around existing home prices. It doesn't even really matter because if the recession happened, the 10-year yield is going to go down anyway, and it's going to uh, you know create that kind of... So in a sense, if you, were, if you were worried about home prices, you want to make sure that you don't go into a recession because this is one of the things we talk about all the time is that lower rates disproportionately impact housing in a, in a, in a beneficial way. But if you have a recession, all it's going to do is rates are going to go down. Guess who? The people with the highest unemployment rates are going to be those without a, a high school education. They're the highest unemployment rates right now, today, currently. So who do you think is going to get hit? It's going to get renters. So the homeowners get the benefit or home buyers get the benefits from that. If you want to keep rates somewhat higher on historical levels, then keep the economy going. Don't push a job loss. That's why I always tell people like, I always get these people on Twitter who I say, oh, the US needs a job loss recession for housing. No, you never under any circumstances root for a job loss recession for lower rates. That's un-American, right? I understand the housing sector is in a recession and, and, and the struggles between mortgage and real estate people, but to root for people to lose their jobs and what they what it does to their lives, no, we're not that. We're not those people. We're not that economy. And this is what the Fed is like. like literally, there's surveys of people. Oh, we want to see you know the economy get weaker so rates could go down. So the one area that's still very restrictive is housing, mortgage rates. So. I mean, if the spreads were just normal today, just normal, that would alleviate a lot of the concerns, right? You don't even need the 10-year yield, but that again, it's a double whammy effect. So because the growth rate of inflation falls, they have cover on this if they wanted to uh, do something. But we, we've run the whole game right now, right? right? The growth rate of inflation is falling. We didn't need a job loss recession. Land the plane. Don't force the economy into recession. Because if that happens, it doesn't matter if the Fed doesn't cover it. The 10-year yield is going to drop down faster than what people think. And uh, then that'll just accelerate maybe demand picking up or even home prices accelerating in a bigger fashion. We don't need that. We just need a, a, a different approach to the housing market now than before. I wanted to take this opportunity. We're, we're having an event called um, the Housing Market Update. We were doing this every quarter last year, um, and we're reviving that. And, and we're having the next one on Monday, which is when this episode of the podcast comes out. It's at um, One Central. It's a it's a virtual event. We've got the economist. You're going to be there um, leading it off for us. We also have the econo- uh, economist from Auction.com, CoreLogic, and the Austin Board of Realtors to really give an overview of the housing market from all different facets. And it's going to be great. I know some of these people are, uh, you know, your your friendly economists that you like to talk to. You guys work together, so it, it's cool to have that um, diversity of opinion on there for for the whole housing market. Yeah, and I think again, when you have different views, different people have different models to work from, and we're at different stages uh, uh, of any economic cycle, depending on what the economist believes in. So I always think it's a it's a great thing to listen to a wide variety, but listen to variety of people that actually have models and not some trolling tactic. At least there there has to be a pathway. Each person has to create a pathway for what they think is going to go. And you just follow that pathway, right? You know, this is why we created the tracker uh, for 2023. Look, it worked. It worked for a reason because it's a set of variables that work with the housing market for decades, right? It's nothing uh, out of the normal, but you have to believe in the economic data and the model itself. 
Uh, that's why the whole November 9th, 2022 was a big thing last year. So, uh, yeah, we're going to, everybody's going to give their take. And I think the, the more knowledge, the better, and the, but knowledge that actually has something to go behind it, not just random throwing up of things. Like remember all those people that just said 20% home price, 15%. I, I'm always, I'm always going to rip on this, uh, ever 20%, 15, 10, 2015, 10, 2015, 10, 2015. Come on. Really? Are we still going to be doing this? You know, this random throwing up numbers of percentages of decline, they find a middle and go with it. Remember, we want the evolution of the mind to think about housing, not on a yearly forecast, on a weekly model so everyone could go with it, flow with the data. Because as you can see, things change like this, right? Six weeks ago, we we're talking about 8% mortgage rates. Now it's, hey, listen, the economy is still expanding, mortgage rates are lower. So you don't want to be old and slow. That's what, my whole thing is like, we, you know, there's so much knowledge and information out there. And it's 24-7 live. Go with that. Don't be a dinosaur or an old tree stuck in one thing. And then seven months later, oh, it looks like this for you. No. <laughs> Nothing stays static in economics. Right. Things change daily, right? Especially in this market. That's why I have you on two times a week on this show and why you write the weekly tracker as well as um, you know the economic reports. Logan, thank you so much for being on. Thanks for um, giving us the insight that we need as things change so quickly. Appreciate you. Pleasure. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.